Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. We'll be reading down through the verses during the message. We'll just read verse 6 for uh, introduction this evening. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your word tonight. And I do thank you for that place of quiet rest, that peace you give, uh, dear God, when we abide under the shadow of your wing and when we trust you and walk with you, God, your loving care is over us. And and, uh, Father, how blessed we are to be able to be called uh, the children of God, and we are, we are thankful for that through faith in, in Jesus Christ. And, and God, I thank you uh, tonight for this privilege to, to preach and teach your word, and I pray uh, for the filling of your spirit that you would help me to convey that which you have for us tonight from your word. I fill my dear wife with your spirit watching the children tonight. I do thank you for the good services uh, this morning, the teaching and preaching of the word of God that went forth in the Sunday school hour for the children and adults, the worship hour also as well, God. It's been a, a wonderful time, just the singing of praise and, and uh, the giving of thanks and just all that we do together here, uh, Lord, in, uh, in worshiping you and getting the gospel out as you give uh, opportunity, dear God. And we thank you, we praise you. We're thankful for each one here tonight, for those that are here with us online. And, uh, and Lord, we just pray that uh, as only you can, uh, that you'd take this sword of the Spirit and by your Spirit, for the glory of your Son, uh, grow us in you, uh, draw us closer to you, and Lord, help us uh, to be longing uh, for that sudden coming more uh, loosened, uh, inordinate loves that we may yet have uh, and holds we may yet have upon this world, uh, Father, that we might uh, better glorify your name. Father, we do pray, we do ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Well, we continue uh, our study through the, uh, through the book of Jonah. And we've uh, seen he's been called to go to Nineveh in chapter 1 there. And he has decided to go the opposite direction to Tarshish, the other side of the known world as far as he was concerned. And uh, we know that in salvation, God with great love sought him, but yet with uh, great love and even severity, he is now seeking the uh, prophet who is running the other way. Just as he will seek his children, he'll send those storms into our lives to, to, to bring us running to him, uh, that we may uh, know his care, know his uh, provision, know the things that he has, has for us now. He'll certainly uh, be working that way uh, uh, with Jonah there. We kind of made a comparison of Jonah in his storm and Paul in his storm, and we compared uh, uh, what it's like being a backslider in the midst of the storm, what it's like being uh, on, in the will of God in the midst of a storm, and certainly the latter is much better. And it's a better testimony for the Lord and a greater place to be. And by the way, the storms will come. Amen. So we might as well uh, uh, be right with God. And uh, we won't have to wonder if it's a chastisement or not. And God can 
get us through uh, that storm. Well, we're going to look at a few things uh, tonight as Jonah goes through this storm. And again, uh, you know, Jesus said as, as, uh, as, as the Jonas was three days and three nights uh, in, in, in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And there are, there's room for differences of opinion on what exactly happened uh, to Jonah there during that storm. Did he actually die uh, through that event and was raised again? Was he just in the whale for three days? And that was a picture of, of Christ being in, being in the earth. Christ who actually did die being in, you know, in the heart of the earth for three days, three days and rising up. Uh, well, uh, there, there are good people on both sides of that. And and uh, we're not going to be uh, at odds with the people who different, uh, differentiate with us because, uh, because of that. Uh, but we will learn some things. I think it'll be a challenge to us. I think it'll be, you know, it's, this is one of those passages uh, that, uh, that makes us uh, realize we need to study the word and just kind of be in awe of, uh, of it and, uh, and realize we need God's spirit to help us understand things and uh, and uh, this is one of those that definitely raises questions, you know, of our understanding and, and, uh, and of seeing things and understanding what God has for us. It ought to, we read the Bible, it ought to answer questions and it ought to raise questions. And uh, as we're seeking to know uh, the will uh, of the Lord. All right, so we'll look at uh, Jonah chapter 2, uh, verse 1. Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God. Uh, out of the fish's belly. And we saw uh, that uh, he is indeed praying out of the fish's belly. Now, uh, as we look at this uh, passage here, it's rather hard to discern uh, whether Jonah is conveying his sufferings literally or figuratively. Now, why is that hard to discern? Well, uh, we think about Jonah's uh, uh, sufferings, Jonah being a prophet would likely have had access to the scriptures. Uh, see, he would have had the Psalms and such and had, would have, have had access to those. Uh, and uh, matter of fact, when we read the Psalms, we find, we find that David himself has described his sufferings uh, in a manner that Jonah uses. Of course, Jonah coming later. Uh, so, uh, but David also already described sufferings of his kind of in the same manner, and it's, it seems that the context there is a figurative uh, context of, of the sufferings. In Psalm 42, we read about David writing about his sufferings. He writes, well, let's, uh, let's uh, read some of Jonah so we can uh, catch the similar phrases. Uh, in uh, Jonah 2.1, Jonah says, uh, uh, or look at 2.3, or Thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas. The floods compassed me about. All thy billows and waves passed over me. Uh, uh, look at uh, verse 5. Then the waters, the waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with the bars was about me. Uh, and uh, so he describes his sufferings. Uh, now let's read David describing some of his suffering. Psalm 42, 1, a Psalm of David. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in, in unto my soul. What did Jonah 2, 5 say? Uh, the waters come past me about even to the soul. David said, the waters are come into my soul. Uh, verse 6, David says of Psalm 42, my soul is cast down within me, within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan. Uh, and uh, 
Jonah said in verse 4, I am cast out of thy sight, yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. Kind of the same, I, kind of, kind of the same idea there. Uh, David says in Psalm 42, 7, Deep calls unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts, all thy waves and thy billows are, are gone over me. And uh, D Jonah said, end of verse 3, there, all thy billows and thy waves are passed over me. So we certainly see some similar usage here of, uh, uh, of sufferings, which we, uh, it appears that David is using figuratively. Uh, David uh, uh, writes also in Psalm 69 too, uh, I, I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am coming into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Deliver me out of the mire, Psalm 69, 14. Let me not sink. Let me be delivered from, the, from them that hate me out of the deep waters. Let not the water flood overflow me. Neither let the deep swallow me up and let not the pit shut her mouth about me. So it does uh, seem like there is some figurative language that David was using that Jonah is using uh, later on. Uh, he would have had access uh, to, uh, uh, to the scriptures and, uh, and, uh, and using some similar, some similar, similar language there. Uh, waters also in the Bible are used uh, with, uh, in, in, in association with God's judgment or God using even armies and nations uh, to judge people. Uh, why would that be? Well, we have uh, the, in Genesis, we have the Genesis flood. What happened? God destroyed who? All the wicked of the earth. Every, every imagination, the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And God destroyed the earth. And what did he destroy it with? A great flood. Uh, great waters. So that was something that God brought at one time, brought upon all of mankind except for Noah and his, uh, his, uh, his wife and, 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 and sons and their wives in the ark there. So water was used there. And then when God made his nation in Egypt and put them together there and made them a great multitude, made Israel a nation in Egypt and brought them out, what did he bring them out by? He delivered them, of course, the Passover. He brought them through the flood, the flood of the, of the, of the Red Sea. He parted the seas, and uh, there were a wall on the right hand, a wall on the left, and he, uh, Israel went through on dry ground, and he dropped the water on the Egyptians, and what? Destroyed the army. And, uh, and so uh, he destroyed them uh, with water as well. So these things being associated with you know, God's judgment and uh, even using nations. Uh, in Isaiah 8, 7, uh, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying about the coming uh, invasion of the Assyrian army uh, upon Israel. And Isaiah 8, 7, Now therefore, behold, the Lord bringeth upon them the waters of the river, strong and many, even the king of Assyria, and in all his glory. He shall come up over all his channels and go over all his banks, and he shall pass through Judah, he shall overflow and go over. He shall reach even to the neck. We studied that uh, passage earlier, and, and it's amazing the detail uh, there. But we won't go into that tonight. That was another study. But uh, we've seen that the sea to the Hebrews is associated with what, and to the ancient people, is associated with the vast unknown, uh, much, much like perhaps uh, Sheol would be. Or the abode of the dead—it's uh, it's related with the vast unknown, the ocean, its awesome power, its unknown depths, its ex its expanse was a fearful thing to ancient civilizations, and uh, uh, many knew of travelers and merchants and sailors who had gone out to sea and never returned, never to be seen again. 
never to have a, a grave, a literal grave, uh, so to speak. Uh, easy to see how the oceans could be associated with death and the vast unknown by ancient cultures. Uh, and uh, the vast unknown. When, when uh, Moses was talking, uh, was teaching them why they should obey the commandments in Deuteronomy 30, 11, he says, this commandment which I command thee this day, it's not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say who should go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? This word is not in the great unknown somewhere. It's not out in the heaven or out beyond the sea. But where is it? God had brought it right down to them. Matter of fact, even wrote it on, on tables of stone. Uh, so Moses was the first one to uh, to download on, onto a onto a tablet from the cloud. Okay, so uh, uh, and uh, so he had those those, those commandments, <laughs> and uh, so you know they, the others didn't get it first. Moses got it first. All right, but associated with the vast unknown. Uh, and uh, so we can see uh, some of that. The depths of the sea associated uh, with the gates of death, bottoms of the seas, bottoms of the mountains, lowest parts of the earth. Job 38, 16. Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea, or hast thou walked in search of the depth? Have the gates of death been opened unto thee, or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Uh, Jonah talked about the earth with its bars about me. You know, Jesus uh, told uh, uh, Peter, he says, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell uh, shall not prevail against it. Uh, so we see uh, that there is uh, fig certainly some figurative language uh, that uses these same things, which kind of, you know, uh, we can see why some people would look at it figuratively. Now, what's, what's the other? Okay, so, so it's hard discerning uh, whether it's figurative or literal. Well, why, why literal, preacher? Well, literal because Jonah was actually cast into the ocean. He was actually cast into the deep seas, okay? And uh, so when he's using these terms, uh, they, uh, they could fit, well, while they perhaps didn't fit David literally, they could fit Jonah literally, uh, many of them. So, it, so it's kind of, it kind of makes it a hard thing uh, in discerning uh, in, in some places. And we see that. There are some places that certainly seem uh, figurative. Uh, the earth with her bars was about me. Uh, there are some places that seems literal. Seems literal. The weeds were wrapped about my head. Uh, where do you find that? Uh, and uh, the weeds, that seems like just a pretty literal thing you'd experience if you're sinking in the ocean. You know, the weeds were wrapped about my head. And so uh, we have a back and forth here where we see some signs of things literal and where it could be literal, and yet other places where it's used figurative. And, uh, and so we'll look into this and see if we can uh, get, a little, bit, get a, little bit, a little bit more understanding as we look at what happened to Jonah. Uh, we'll go through this. A lot of the Hebrew, frankly, I think, especially in destroying the tenses, was, I, I believe, a little over my head. I'm going to lean on the... English uh, translation of our of our of, of interpreters of of, of the KJV uh, regarding uh, the English. The English is has some gives us some pretty clear direction in in the tense uh, in the tense here, and we'll look at it and go down through it. Um, in uh, in Jonah two, 
uh, we'll look at this and see what we can discern and draw from this passage. Uh, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, Jonah 2.1. So where is he praying from? Out of the fish's belly. No doubt where he is. He's, he definitely has some prayer that he prays out of the fish's belly. Okay? Now, here we go. Here we go. Verse 2. And said. What do we have coming now? After the end said, we have what Jonah prayed in the fish's belly. Okay? That's what's coming. Will it be quoted word for word? Probably not. The context of what he prayed, some of it may be, uh, some of it may not be, but it will be what he prayed in the fish's belly is coming right immediately next. Okay? Uh, Jonah prayed out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Now look at that. Cried is past tense. Jonah begins his prayer in the fish's belly by remembering a prayer that God, that the Lord has already heard and answered him. He is in awe. He begins his prayer in the fish's belly in awe of a prayer that the Lord has already heard and answered. Did you get that? I cried by reason of my affliction. He has some affliction he cried about unto the Lord, and he heard me. And, uh, and by, by he heard me, uh, we understand that, that God answered the prayer. That's what he's saying there. Now we'll move on. Uh, I cried, and he heard me. Uh, now look at verse 2. Uh, the rest of verse 2. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest, remember what, past, past tense, talk about the same event, uh, heardest my voice. Now, he's in the fish's belly. He's remembering a prayer he prayed. What he's already done, I cried unto the Lord, he says, and thou heardest me. Where was he? He says, out of the belly of what? Hell cried I. Out of the belly of hell cried I. And thou hurtst me. Now what are we learning here? Well, he, he begins his prayer in the fish's belly. The word belly there is the internal organs, the inward parts, has the idea, yes, we're just inside the fish's belly. But when he says, I cry, when he says, out of the belly of hell cried I, that is the word sheol. What is David doing? In awe, as he begins to pray inside the belly of the whale, he is acknowledging the answer of a prayer he has already made out of Sheol. And God has heard it. That's what we see. We'll follow that along. Did he pray that prayer in the whale's belly? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. He is acknowledging God's already heard that one and answered. He prayed that one out of, out of the belly of Sheol. Both the, 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 the belly thing is different there. And Sheol, of course, we learned last week, Sheol was a place, what? Of the abode of the dead. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, so he begins his prayer in the great fist by acknowledging God has already heard his affliction and answered his prayer as he cried out uh, from the belly of Sheol. What affliction has Jonah already cried out about? that has already been heard and answered. Well, the next verses will explain, will describe that. Now he's going to describe 
that prayer he already prayed uh, before he's praying, uh, or, the, or that prayer that he's remembering in the belly of the whale as he prays. What, were the, what was that affliction when he prayed you know, out of the belly of Sheol? Look at verse 3. For thou hadst cast me into the deep. Did you get to get? Hadst cast. This is before. This is, this is giving the answer of he's remembering a prayer that he prayed. He cried in affliction. What was that affliction? This was the affliction that caused that prayer that he remembered in the belly of the whale as he began to pray. Do you see how the language is taking us backwards and giving us the history of what of what of why he was praying what he prayed in the belly of the whale. Okay? So he said, "Thou hadst cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas." You know what that sounds like? That sounds like when he got thrown over the boat. <laughs> Doesn't it? That sounds like what it sounds like to me. Thou hadst cast me into the uh, into the deep, into the midst of the seas. The floods cast the floods compassed me about, compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. So the affliction that he had cried about, and as he was delivered, uh, prayed out of the belly of Sheol, and the God heard him was he was cast overboard into the sea and apart from divine deliverance, what? He was going to drown. Apart from divine deliverance, Jonah was going to drown. Uh, verse 4, then. What's then? Now he, he, he's moved us back uh, uh, to the previous prayer he's remembering. Then when I prayed that prayer... <laughs> that prayer that I'm remembering as I now pray in the belly of the whale, then when I pray that prayer, now he's going to describe that prayer that he prayed, not necessarily the one in the belly of the whale, the one that he's remembering while he begins to pray in the belly of the whale, okay? Then, when I was cast out into the sea, I said, and now follows the prayer that he's remembering uh, uh, within the fish as he cried out not necessarily the prayer in the fish the prayer he's remembering as he cries out he says then I said I am cast out of thy sight yet will I look again toward thy holy temple and that makes perfect sense you know why when Jonah got cast out into the sea uh, I, I make a long story short I mentioned, I've used mentioned this before I almost drowned once and came close to drowning and that was a very fearful thing I panicked and God allowed me to get my senses back and make the sweep of the arm and grab my, my breathing thing that I had coughed and choked out and breathed in the water and all that and, and to get my breath back and all that. But it's a fearful thing to think that you're going to get one more breath and it's not going to be air. And uh, it's a fearful thing. And I'll guarantee you, when Jonah hit that water, my friend, he was praying. Uh, I'll, bet you long, I'll bet you before he hit that water, he was praying. He was crying out, okay? He was, he was in that affliction. He was, he, he, he was crying out. And he says, I'm cast out of thy sight, yet will I look again toward thy holy temple. What is he saying there? I sinned against you. He knew he was cast out. He was being chastised to God. He knew that. And what's this idea of, yet will I look again toward thy temple? That's his repentance. He's looking back. He's praying, to, he's praying to God. God, I've sinned against you. Here I am. I deserve it. I'm going to die. Deliver me. And by the way, that prayer could have happened just like that. 
just, just in his heart, that, that all poured out from his heart. He's using these terms uh, that would be familiar to him as a prophet uh, a, 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 of the Jews. This idea of, yet will I look again toward thy, thy holy temple. The idea of repentance. Remember when Solomon built the temple? Uh, and Solomon prays in 1 Kings 8, 27. Uh, he says, well, God, you know, dwell in, in, in temples. And, and uh, he says, you know, that uh, the heavens and the heaven of heavens can't can contain you. He says, uh, he says, yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God. To hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee today, that thine eyes may be opened toward this house day, night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, My name shall be there. But thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. Uh, verse 46, 1 Kings uh, 8. If they sin against thee, for is there, there is no man that sinneth not, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that they carry them away captives. Well, how does Jonah view himself right now? He's cast out. He's cast out away from Israel. It may not be, uh, you know, uh, he may not be on terra firma, but he's in a foreign land, okay? He, he, and he knows, by the way, he knows, he knows he's there because of his sin. Solomon goes on. They're carried captive there under the, under the land of the enemy, far or near. Yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land, might I say, or the water, <laughs> in the land where they shall be carried captives and repent and make supplication unto thee in the land of them that carried them captives, saying, We have sinned and have done perversely and have committed wickedness, and so return unto thee with all their heart, with all their soul, the land of their enemies, which led them captive, and pray unto thee toward their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers, the city which thou hast chosen, and what? Pray toward the house which I have built for thy name. If they'll repent and turn their hearts to your house for deliverance, I'll deliver them. <laughs> deliver them, Solomon said. That's exactly what Jonah did. He repented. He cried out. And he turned to the temple, turned his heart to the, to the Lord. <laughs> Get me out of here, God. Save me. I'm going to die. Uh, that very well uh, could be what we're, what we're reading here. He now describes what happened to him after he prayed. Verse 5. He gives a description of what's happening. The waters can pass me about even to the soul. The depths closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Now, is this figurative or literal? Someone who believes it's literal has pointed out Jonah has a very, very succinctly described drowning there. Because what happens when you drown? You exhale your air, your last air. You inhale uh, water. Your lungs fill up with water. You now become heavy. And what do you do? You sink to the bottom of the earth. You sink uh, to the bottom uh, uh, of the earth. It says, I went down to the bottom of the mouth. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Uh, yet uh, hast thou brought up my life from corruption. These verses may indicate that he actually died, perhaps that he actually drowned, and would make him perhaps even a more vivid illustration of the Lord's uh, re resurrection than some people think, because Jesus actually died 
and, uh, and, and was resurrected. Uh, as Jonah perhaps is, is, uh, is about to die or, 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 or drowns, he, he recalls his feeling of hopelessness, fear that drove him to prayerful repentance uh, when he was cast overboard. Verse 7, when my soul fainted within me, when I realized that's it, I'm done. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came in unto thine holy temple. So did Jonah actually die? Uh, some of the verbiage seems to indicate they did. Jesus, uh, the Bible says what? Saw no corruption. And the Bible uses the same terminology here with Jonah, that God delivered his life uh, up from corruption. Um, it's a possibility. Was it figurative of his, of his sufferings within the whale, all this? Did Jonah cry out and actually drown before the whale swallowed him? Did his prayer continue from Sheol after he died? You can't pray after you're dead. Read Luke, read Luke 16. <laughs> uh, we have a man praying after he's dead there. Of course, God's not hearing him because he's not praying by faith. See, after you die, everything's sight. You have, you have no more faith after you die. Now you know. Uh, if you're in hell, you know what, what you know. What you're, if you're, in, you're in, in the flames, you know what it's about. If you're, if you're in comfort and paradise, you know what it's about. You can't pray in faith a after you die. Doesn't mean you can't pray. Uh, but Jonah, uh, he says, he says, I prayed from the belly of Sheol. Now that 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 idea, of belly, uh, the belly of hell, belly of Sheol. Now belly can mean womb. So does that mean? Okay, if Sheol is abode of the dead, and say that Jonah was praying from the belly of Sheol, does that mean you know, a womb? A womb brings forth a birth. Does that mean that he was about to die, and, and he was about the the womb, the belly of Sheol? Sheol being the womb was about to bring forth death. There you're getting kind of. It, it's just not distinct. It's just not distinct. He prayed from the belly of Sheol, which could be the, you know, the, the hollow space, the, the womb uh, 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 of that. Uh, I can see where there is room for argument on, on, on both sides. Uh, uh, we think about the Apostle Paul. We think about what, what this thing about praying out of Sheol. You know, the Apostle Paul uh, uh, saw some things one time. He didn't know whether he was dead or alive. That's what he said. In uh, in uh, in uh, uh, where was it? Second uh, Corinthians chapter twelve, verse two. I knew a man in Christ about fourteen years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. In other words, the apostle Paul was seeing some things consciously. He says, he says, you asked me whether I, whether I was dead or alive. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just you know, I'm just telling you I saw some things. Uh, there's some things there that you know that uh, that maybe are beyond our pay grade, okay? And uh, uh, but certainly uh, we know. Now, if he died, that would mean that if he died, if he drowned, that would mean interestingly that God resurrected him in the whale. He brought him back to life. And Jonah, having died, if, if, if that happened, then Jonah, having died in that will, he, he comes alive. He somehow was aware that he was in Sheol. And now he comes, he comes alive. And now he's in this fish. And he realizes sometimes, he's back, some way, he's back in his physical being. 
whoa, what have I just been through? I cried unto you out of the belly of Sheol, and thou heardst my prayer. Here he is. And then pretty soon what? After, after uh, three days, three nights, the whale vomits him up. You say, how late? How soon did the whale pick him up? We don't know. We're not told. You know, was it like a dog treat? You know, when they threw him, threw him over the, way, the side, the whale jumped up and gulped, you know. We don't know. Did he have time to drown and sink to the bottom? We don't know. We're not told. We just know that he was thrown in. He told us about his prayers and what he'd experienced. And eventually the whale spit him out. And he became an illustration uh, of, uh, of the death, burial, and, uh, and resurrection of, uh, of, Jesus, of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so it certainly uh, was a, <laughs> let's say, moving experience for Jonah, okay? And it was a great thing. You, we would have thought uh, Jonah's... Uh, the last uh, chapter of Jonah especially would end a little differently than it did after all that Jonah has been through. Uh, it's just a sign that, you know, we can repent of something and God can bring us through some, through, through some things. Uh, but unless we walk with God, unless we're, we stay close, you know, we can forget God's grace and God's mercies. And we can find ourselves right back, right, get right back in the place where God's got to reach out and go after us again, you know. And uh, and uh, uh, and uh, it's it's sad that, uh, that we didn't see a little better ending to Jonah. Uh, but certainly uh, we are we are thankful that uh, for God's mercies, God's care of Jonah, He is an example of the Lord's uh, uh, death, burial, resurrection. Regardless of either way, uh, there's there's verbiage that makes it so in there. The, uh, the, the shipmen, when they threw Jonah overboard, they, they said what? They said, they said they didn't want to be guilty of innocent blood. Innocent blood. Now, did Jonah, was Jonah have innocent blood? No, but that's what they said. So their verbiage helped make him an example of Christ because innocent blood, Jonah was thrown over and those men were spared judgment. You see that? Jonah remained in the whale three days, three nights. So the innocent, uh, in, in their eyes, the innocent was thrown over and they weren't judged. So there's more ways there that Jonah became, can be in that, in that passage uh, that he can picture the death, burial, resurrection of Christ. He didn't have to act, I believe, actually physically die to become, uh, uh, to, be, to be that illustration uh, but uh, I certainly see uh, where there's room uh, for those who believe that he did and, uh, and may have been more of a, even more of a powerful illustration of that uh, than what we, uh, than what we uh, realize. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your word tonight. And truly, Jonah uh, went through a lot. You, uh, you came after him and you had a purpose for him. And Lord, uh, you uh, did throw him off that boat and he was swallowed by a whale and he was spit out upon the shore and he did pray, uh, dear God, within that whale. And we've read about that and looked at that, Father. And, and we can be in wonder uh, of what you did, what Jonah actually went through. But Father, we know uh, that we uh, need to be in obedience to you what you have for us is best. It's for our best, and it's for the best of those that are around us.
And I pray, God, that you would help us to yield to your will, uh, Lord, and to, and to walk with you. And that, uh, Lord, that uh, we would go and tell uh, when, you, when you call us to go and tell. That we'd be the witnesses that you call us to be. We have a far greater revelation of, of your love and power than Jonah did. Uh, we have the record of, of the very one who Jonah's, uh, Jonah's events have illustrated, the death, burial, and resurrection of your son. And Father, I pray you'd help us to follow him in faithful and obedience, faithful obedience and be witnesses, uh, be witnesses for his name. And Father, we do pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.